Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast. In this podcast, we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we do tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors too. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Sam Barker from Hugh James Solicitors, and I'm joined by my colleague, Alan Collins. Hello, Sam. Hello, listeners. So today we're talking about Alan's recent experience at the Independent Inquiry into Child Sex Abuse, where he was appearing on behalf of a number of clients into their, I think it's maybe second or third set of hearings into the Roman Catholic Church. Is that right, Alan? Yes, lost count of the number of hearings now, but this was the final stage of ICSA's investigation into the Roman Catholic Church. And this time around, we were looking in particular at safeguarding and safeguarding issues. Okay. Yeah, safeguarding in within the institution itself. Indeed, yeah. uh, from a perspective of England and Wales. But there was also reference to Rome. There was quite a few references to Rome, actually, and about leadership um, when it comes to safeguarding in the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, I'm interested in the Roman Catholic Church's position as to what they say they've done to improve practices or indeed whether they think they need external regulation. Did that come across at all? Well, indeed, my perception is that the Roman Catholic Church leadership is saying that they have done a lot to improve safeguarding, but they're also saying that there is still some way to go. However, that is not a unanimous position, far from it, because there were a lot of voices suggesting that the Roman Catholic Church actually has got an awful long way to go and that there are ongoing failings, in particular in leadership, that the whole setup is a somewhat disjointed one, very one difficult to manage, that the culture's wrong, and that... And there were many calls to say that the Roman Catholic Church cannot be trusted with safeguarding and that it is going to have to allow some form of outside intervention, maybe Mm. statutory intervention, in order to regulate safeguarding. So actually it turned out to be a very interesting and I would say controversial fortnight. Yeah, it would be difficult for them to overcome, I guess, just decades of inadequacies that they've clearly displayed and, you know, the consistency in which you saw, we've all seen priests being moved around and them saying that they're able to self-regulate, but clearly not. Is this the first time it's coming in this kind of more official setting? I think it's really coming under the spotlight. What was being said in a number of quarters is that when it comes to safeguarding, bizarrely, those concerned with safeguarding seem to be more interested in promoting the interests of the the priests or the accused priests or the you know or the priests um, subjected to allegations as opposed to the survivors that is a very disjointed and unbalanced arrangement. Various cases were referred to, and the evidence was, in my opinion, coming out loud and clear that because the culture's wrong, the leadership is wrong. Even in 2019, safeguarding seems to be designed to look after the interests of the accused as opposed to 
the interests of the victim, which clearly or, you know, is bizarre. It's, it's just wrong. Yeah, or just taking preventative measures to make sure there's a really robust approach to protecting children within the organisation. Well, if you've got the culture wrong, if you've got the culture wrong, I don't see how you can get the structures right. No, it's exactly You can right. have as many structures as you like. You can have loads of policies. The policies may look brilliant on paper, or maybe not, but it doesn't matter if you've got the culture wrong and you've got the wrong people with the, and the how wrong... You, you know, it's just not going to work. How do you externally regulate culture though you can't really can you well, you just... do in other settings so the legal profession that has an external regulator the medical professions regulated other health settings are regulated um, schools are regulated you, you know you have Ofsted and you know you've got the solicitors regulation authority and you've got the general medical council course, yeah. you know there's all these various bodies that regulate standards absolutely uh, and so on but what i'm saying is that doesn't despite there being that kind of like wider regulation it doesn't let's take law the law for example some individual law firms could have a toxic culture and they're still subject to obviously external regulation and i think that that's going to be a difficulty that the roman catholic church will face that if if it's kind of systemic culture in respect of safeguarding and attitudes towards safeguarding doesn't change, then, then it's going to it be may fail. And then the consequence may be that that particular Roman Catholic church institution can no longer work with children. Yeah. So the ultimate sanction is that if there is some form of statutory regulation and that particular part of the Roman Catholic church can't meet some minimum standards then the whole thing is going to go awry that, you know, they're going to fail an inspection and if they can't conform with minimum standards when it comes to safeguarding, then maybe the sanction is that they get struck off. Maybe they get struck mm. off by the Charities Commission. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe a registered charity. Lose chari charitable status. Yeah. That's something that I've been – that's something that – well, actually, I can't say that – um, something we're thinking about, <laughs> generally speaking, for these other hearings into faith settings as to if there is an external regulator, what is the penalty of not complying or, you know, repeated failures to bring to the attention of the regulator? Well, it may well be, complaint. but, you know, they lose charitable status, which has financial consequences, potentially severe ones. Yeah. Also, you know, the... The, the the faith institution, whether it's Roman Catholic Church or whatever it is, is barred from working with children. You know, if it's a, a church or, a, you know, a church with a youth club or a Sunday school, maybe it will find itself barred from having children on the premises. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that that coupled with the prospective penalty of being struck off um, as a charitable institution and losing that financial benefit might be something that really yeah, is, be would extremely, be extremely um, painful and potentially dire to the extent that the, the that institution can't exist anymore. Yep. So my yep. view is is there has to be statutory regulation, and and then it's down to the Roman Catholic Church as to whether or not it conforms. It, it conforms or it withers away on the vine. Yeah, I think that generally speaking, that's what we had we as a team advocate for as well as this kind of external regulation, mandatory reporting, um, those kind of measures. You mentioned earlier it was a controversial week. People like hearing about controversies. What was controversial about it? Well, I think what was controversial was, well, quite, you know, yeah, let's start off with this. So what was particularly controversial in my opinion is that the issue of mandatory reporting came up 
And my understanding is that the Roman Catholic Church isn't necessarily opposed to mandatory reporting, but would be opposed if it interfered with the seal of confession. So that's when you go, as I understand it, into confession, and you go into the confessional, um, you're supposedly anonymous, as I understand it, and you confess your sins and you get absolution or, or, or whatever from the, the priest. And the concern or the question is, supposing the person who goes in to make the confession confesses to committing sexual abuse on a child, should that remain confidential? Because the whole idea of the seal of confession, as I understand it, is that the priest does not break the confidence of the person who is confessing it's to path, him. Pathway to God. That's uh, right. Yeah. So how does the seal of confession sit with mandatory reporting? So I think there's a sort of general consensus is that mandatory reporting means mandatory reporting. So if in confession somebody confesses to the priest that they sexually abused a child, the priest is then under a legal obligation to report matters to the authorities. Now, in Australia, the Royal Commission recommended mandatory reporting and that this had to override the seal of confession and the bishops the Roman Catholic bishops in Australia have been saying they're not going to respect that. So we had Cardinal Nichols um, giving evidence, and he said, in relation to mandatory reporting in the seal of confession, the following, the history of the Catholic Church has a number of people who've been put to death in defence of the seal of confession. It might come to that. He went on and said some, um, some more, but that is the basic point. So what the inquiry is going to do about all of that, I don't know. But in my opinion, the inquiry will have no choice but to say, well, they can't be exemptions. You know, yeah. everyone is going to be subjected to mandatory reporting. If you're aware that a child has been sexually abused or at risk of being sexually abused, you've got to report it. You can't just pretend you've heard it, but you don't have to do anything about it. Can I touch on the latter part you raised there, the risk of a child being sexually abused. So in those circumstances where somebody comes in to the confessional, tells the priest that, you know, one, they are a, a pedophile and they're, you know, they've got these temptations from a, from a child, uh, you know, temptations for a child nearby or something like that. Basically, there's a child at risk. Is, is, is the point currently that there's, there would be no reporting of that be to no the police? Reporting. The priest, the Catholic, Roman Catholic priest, hearing that in confession doesn't have to do anything. Mm. It just I seems think, inherently wrong, that, <laughs> to me. Yeah, because, you know, the doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church is that what gets said in confession stays in confession. Mm. And what wasn't explored at the inquiry, um, but ought to have been, is this business of people being given absolution after they've confessed their sins and so on. I, I would have liked the inquiry to explored the culture of the Roman Catholic Church a lot more when it comes to the issues of sex and generally speaking because I think myself from what I hear and what I see what I read um, the Roman Catholic Church still has a big issue when it comes to this and I think influences some of the problems that it's having in dealing with child sexual abuse. Mm. 
I think, yeah, the points you raise about culture are really, really important. Um, So it sounds like a really interesting week. Are you going to be back before the inquiry uh, in respect of the Roman Catholic Church? Well, we've got to put in a a written submission over the next couple of days expanding on um, what we said by way of oral submissions and evidence and so on over the last fortnight. So, And then it's going to be a question of waiting and seeing what ICSA has to say about it all. I imagine it will report sometime next year. And, and we'll do a podcast following that report. So, And it goes, but, you know, it's all very topical because, you know, we've got Cardinal Powell back in the news because his uh, application for leave to appeal is going to go before a full bench in the, in the Australian High Court. High Court. So it would be interesting to see. My prediction was wrong there. Mm? <laughs> my prediction was wrong there in the earlier podcast. Where I didn't well, think that they, would happen. Yeah, well, who knows what's going to happen. You know, he's been granted if that's the right way, a full hearing on that application. But, of course, it could end in disappointment for him. But um, we will have to wait and see. Mm. And so all of this is still extremely topical. And the tablet, the Roman Catholic Journal of um, some note, has come out this week, sort of somewhat critical but supportive of what of the changes that are needed from a survivor point of view and is basically saying in its um, editorial comments section that the seal of confession has to come secondary to mandatory reporting and a priest um, who receives this sort of information in the confession is going to have to report it. And if they don't, then they run the risk of going to prison. So that's interesting. So that, so seeing that written in the tablet, I think, is encouraging and I would have thought the inquiry would take note of that. And it may well be that the leadership is out of sync with the general population on all of this. The the shepherd is out of sync with its flock. Somewhat. Yeah, good way of good way of putting it. So yeah, so I think it will be very interesting to see what the inquiry recommends in its report. I hope the report comes out sooner rather than later because if there is to be statutory regulation and if there is to be mandatory reporting then parliamentary legislation is going to be needed and that all takes time that takes a while, yeah. and we don't want this dragging on for years it needs to happen now not in a couple of years well let's continue to watch this space and um as things as relevant things come up about the inquiry or indeed the roman catholic church will continue to podcast on it so thank you everyone for listening and thanks alan for explaining your week thanks everybody thanks sam bye thank you for listening to this episode of hj talks about abuse you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes spotify and google play if you would like to speak to alan or i about something you have heard this week or even if you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please do get in touch at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk 